Kim and hi I'm Anna and we are Saucy Southwest where we discuss the histories, mystery, murder, and mayhem of the American Southwest and we drink booze a and we have a, a Kelly cat here and over yes. to be part of this. The cats are really into us doing this and I really think the only reason is because the dogs are Our in their nettles, yeah. So the cats get to come out and do whatever they want. Well, what are we drinking today, Aunt? So today we are drinking the Paloma. 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 Um, from Tumble Root Brewery and Distillery. Tumble Root is actually local in Santa Fe. And Their distillery is ooh. like a couple blocks away from the house. Like uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like 1.1 mile down the road. Right, which when you get outside of the city... Miles kind of become blocks. Um, yeah. That's just that. That's how it is in the country. I'm going to try it. Um, yeah. So try what is it? Okay. Oh, it's tasty. So, okay. It's a Paloma is grapefruit juice, lime juice, agave, tequila, and sparkling, like, soda, sparkling water. Um, this is very tasty. It's and a tw- And you can really taste the grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Which is good because sometimes it because it came in a can. Yeah. And sometimes the canned cocktails. Sometimes they're they're weird and a lot of times it feels like they're using more like fake, not natural mm-hmm. juices, yeah. um, but like oils and whatnot that are like flavoring agents. This it tastes, tastes like, like grapefruit, grapefruit juice. juice. Yeah, no, it's and delicious. I love grapefruit juice, but it interacts with one of my medications. Um so I'm taking the rest of these home. No, I just have to. I just have to wait seven hours, mm. and it's almost four, so that's eleven o'clock. And I take it at bedtime, so maybe I'll take it tomorrow morning. And anyhow, um, getting older, guys, you take medications, and then you have to watch what you what you ingest. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not there yet, and this is delicious. Um, they come in twelve ounce. It's a four pack of twelve ounce cans. Um, it is ten percent alcohol by volume, and yeah, I mean, it's it really is. It's very tasty. Um, I am. I'm really loving that we decided to do the alcohol part of this podcast because we're finding so many things that I wouldn't, not that I don't like looking out for new things and I'm not like adventurous in my food and my alcohol, but I just, I wouldn't have been looking for a lot of these things and I feel like it's getting us a lot of really tasty new additions. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things, it's like, I know, I'm at the age where I know what I like, right? Right. And, And so I go out for dinner. I'm either going to get um, a Jack and Ginger or an extra dirty um, martini as my cocktail. That's going to be, those are my go-to. But now it's like, maybe I'll have a Paloma the next time we go out. Yeah, no, for me, it it always depends on where I'm at and if they have, like, gluten-free beer. Um, Because I'm, I'll usually grab a gluten-free beer if I'm not planning on doing a night of drinking. Um... Or, like, if I'm at a nicer place and they have good scotch, right. I'll do a single and I don't malt. Do scotch. Right, yeah, you totally don't. Um, but those tend to be my. You don't. totally don't. Oh, you do not like scotch. Um, but no, I like that That tends to be my go to. But, you know, I've, I've had upon occasion where a bartender has just been like, here, try this. And usually it works out well. So every once in a while, I'll just be like, I don't know, what do you suggest? I had this drink Denver now you know I lived in Denver like 16 17 years. and I had a bartender there by the name of Brooks I remember Brooks. Brooks yeah Brooks is interesting Brooks with the blue drinks 
Yeah. There's a reason I don't drink. It's just... Brooks gave you blue drinks on your 21st birthday. Oh, man. But yeah. uh, not the first hangover I've had, but the first time I've done what I did. Didn't you puke Technicolor onto the balcony below? Yes, I did. <laughs> Anyhow, Brooks made the me The room this... was spinning. I got lost because I was at Dad's new apartment. Um, and I This is right going... after I met your father. I know. And so I didn't... I didn't know which way was outside, and I didn't know which way was the bathroom, uh-huh. and I and in that went apartment outside. I could see. Yeah, yeah, like, I just, and I'd never well, been in that one before. That was my first time in, and Dad and I had been drinking quite heavily two nights in a row. That is when I realized at a quite young age. Do not try to drink. Oh, not even that. Don't try and drink that much multiple nights in a row. Anyhow, I, that was the weekend I met your son. Yes, that was the weekend. Um, anyhow, Brooks made me this lovely cocktail, and it was called uh, Berry and Twigs, and it was like creamy but fruity but not sweet. It was huh. it was really good. He and was a very talented bartender. He was a very talented, and now he's a firefighter, and he's married with three kids. Hot twist. Uh, I yeah. Um, I mean, not the firefighter part, but the married with three, three kids, kids part. part. Yeah, because he was a hoe. Oh, <laughs> so, oh my god, yeah. yes. That's why I'm like the firefighter part. No, like a bartender no, becoming he was, a firefighter. He was in good shape. He, yeah, yeah, no, he was in very good shape. He was very flirty. He was, he was good at what he smart. did. He was very personable. Um, pretty smart and yeah. very caring. Like um, yeah, so I mean, I and a bit of an adrenaline junkie. So yeah, I'm just like no, totally. I see, I see the firefighter. But he part. was a hoe. He was a male hoe. Oh yeah, he he was such a man whore. Oh my god, yeah. Um and yeah, so it's the married with kids part. I thought he was turn into now when we left he he was um going to the to the fire academy he was um gonna propose to his girlfriend of like which was not what we expected but hey Tov man hope you're happy last time i heard from somebody who knew him he's married with three kids and i'm assuming he you know it's been 15 years 16 years so anyhow um so we're gonna be generous and he's happy let's not put anything else out in the world yeah well he's married with three kids and, as and happy as one can be, be with married, married with, with three, three kids. kids, still at home. Um, yeah. So, anyhow, um, so today, Anna. That's right. We don't just natter. We do stories and like history and mystery and that sort of shit. So, what are we doing today? This is a history with a good story to follow. Ooh, yay! Are you guys excited? I am excited. Okay, Callie, are you excited? Callie has one fuck left. And it's the one that keeps her alive. So oh, no, I met a not. I met a cat that is even that has half a fuck left to give. Oh, and it's at my chiropractor's. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and she's a Siamese, so oh god, yeah. They, they start off with half the fucks. Uh, that I, I think do. they I think they are born with a fuck, and it gradually turns into them dying right. because they just lose that last, last fuck. fuck. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, Seriously, the the That's, Paloma. The Paloma is tasty. I just, tumble root. Good job. You y'all were amazing. <laughs> Although, okay, I will say so. Let's not swallow down the Oh yeah, no, I did that earlier at the beach. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Oh Hacking and coughing in public. Yeah, that's while something wearing I re- a bikini. Yeah, while wearing a bikini. That's yeah, totally what I recommend. Um, but we had a we had a lake fail today. Yeah. Yeah, it we was tried. supposed to be it it. The weather report said a 60% chance of rain. And we're like, well, let's go anyhow, because 60% chance of rain, literally in, in northern New Mexico, it can technically rain, meaning clouds are shedding water, but it won't reach the ground. The ground. 
And so it's like, well, let's give it a shot. Well, and, and we were there, and then here we tends to happen more anyway. Late we afternoon. went first thing in the morning. morning. Yeah. Um, and I saw lightning. Yeah. And so we ate our sandwiches and sat and chilled on, on the beach. beach for about an hour, and then and then I saw more lightning. And, then and we left. And then the rain. We saw the rangers going around. So we're like, yeah. we're not gonna do this, but yeah. maybe next weekend. So today, yes. The history part. The history, yes. Hit me with the history. You know I like it. It is um, the Battle of Glorieta Pass. Ooh, I know uh-huh. a little. What do you know? I know a teensy. I know that the, oh God, what is it? The Colorado something. Some, anyway, the, the, the military people from Colorado during the Union came south. The Confederacy was trying to take New Mexico and all of the West, and so they were going north. Um, it ended up in a head at the Battle of Glorieta, in which the Union won. Um, but then those same but Colorado they... people kind of went north, and they were part of Custer's so. Well, yeah, but we're not covering Custer's list. Not yet, anyway. So I passed by the historical marker yesterday. Because yeah, it, like we, it's we just have, outside of Santa it's, Fe. It's about a twenty-minute drive. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's about it, yeah, it's about twenty minutes. And um, my friend Lynn lives up there, and I go up and see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go up there because she has a lot. She had well, she's we became friends because she bred our Rhodesians. And yes, and Lynn is the ultimate puppy mama, um, grandmama, and. So, oh. obviously, because we live so close, she has become okay. very, well, a big part of our lives. Lynn and I, are, we just kind of clicked. And she's one of those friends that whenever I'm having a bad day, I can call her. And, be, and she just listens. And whenever she's having a bad day, I, she can call me and, and I just listen. And then, um, but Lynn and her husband have um, seven acres. Yep. And they have six Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Oh, only six? Only six, with yeah. With the new one? Oh, seven with the new one. Yeah, that's oh. what I was going to say. I'm like, oh, and the new one was the new one. <laughs> they had a litter back in April and they kept one of the girls. And oh my God, is she adorable. But I take I take our puppies up there mm-hmm. um, because they get to run off leash, which is important. Yes. And it's been super rainy here, and I don't want to take him to the dog park. No, we've done that before, and it becomes a cesspool of nasty. And I've it's slipped just, twice, oh, and I still so feel gross. like I need to shower, and it's been over a year since the last time I slipped in the mud at the uh, But the no, just park. talking about it, it's just, oh, both of us, our bodies, we're just like, yeah. And the, you're talking, like, one of the people talking here is someone who can go, like, into the backcountry for a week and just be like, cool, 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 and not shower until they get back and everything's fine. Um, but yeah, no, you were up there just the other day while I was working with Robert right. on becoming the next best trail dog. Exactly. Frankie but, is the best trail dog. Well, and, but I, I because was, of age. Yeah, and so I took yeah, there you go. I took um, Dolly up thinking because she likes to play with Lynn's dogs. Oh yeah. And, and they run around and they get tired out. All Dolly wanted to do. Now, Dolly is the world's biggest puppy princess. Oh, my gosh. I cannot take her on a trail. No. Like, I can't. The boys I can take on a trail, and they are just so happy to be. They're like, oh, my God, thank you for thinking of me to take me on this adventure today. The girls, 
both Bailey the Beagle and Dolly the Rhodesian are like, what the fuck have you done? Right. Why am I here? It's dirty. it's dirty. Right. And so Dolly played for about 30 seconds with the big dogs, mm-hmm. which is why I take her up there, that, and so she can run off leash. Right. Um, and then spent, I was there for about an hour and a half and spent the rest of the time mothering the new puppy. And it was like, oh. Well, but that makes me happy because it means that when I eventually get puppies, when the beagles are no longer on this earthly realm, um, that Dolly will do well with them. Mm-hmm. Because that's important because that's, you know, going to be the next oh, big And Dolly does well with littles. Little humans. She little does. Yeah, she, she's, um, she's very protective in... She understands the size difference. Yeah. So, anyhow, so um, I was driving up there yesterday, and I, um, and part of the reason why I went up, will tell the story after we talk about the history, um, is I wanted to get a picture of the the historical marker that Ooh. is at, at Glorietta Pass. Yes. And I'll just read to you what it says, okay? It says, the Glorietta Pass... Battlefield. The Civil War battle fought in this pass is often referred to as the Gettysburg of the West. Union forces dashed the Confederacy strategy to seize the Southwest major supply base at Fort Union. Brigadier General Henry Hopkins Sibley's plan envisioned gaining control of the gold fields of Colorado, mineral-rich Nevada, the ports of California, as well as the northern Mexican states of Chihuahua, Sonora, and Baja, California. Their defeat at the Battle of Glorieta Pass ended the Confederates' incursion into the Southwest. Yeah, because they were fucking delusional. Wait, it's continued on the, the next side. Oh my god. The Texas Vanguard captured Santa Fe on March 10th, 1862. On March 28th, after two days of battle at the Glorieta Pass, Union troops, including Colorado and New Mexico volunteers, burned a poorly guarded Confederate supply camp, spiked cannons, and slaughtered or freed hundreds of horses and mules. Within two weeks of the defeat here in Florida, Confederate troops were um, forced to withdraw to Texas. This battlefield was designated a National Historic Landmark on November 5, 1960. I mean, I I have driven by it many times, both going up to visit our friend, but also um, to the, going up to, to Pecos, Pecos, yeah, which is an amazing and beautiful place outside of um, Santa Fe. If you like, you know, the naturey things like I do, I like it's also the, just pretty. If you want to go take a picture, so I like the plumbing things. The campsite that I go to in Glorietta has plumbing, like a flush toilet and a. Like, a sink. Because that's where I take mom. Where I go without people is obviously not that nice. If I'm not around people, the dogs don't care if I stink. I don't care if I stink until I get back to humanity. Okay. Anyhow, so this battle took place about two weeks after um, the Confederacy came up from Texas and took Santa Fe. So the New Mexicans noped out of the Confederacy real quick. Well, but the the New Mexicans in the South, much like today, um, felt that both sides were ignoring them, but the Confederacy actually paid them when they went through their their towns. 
Um, granted, I mean, with certain can, parts of southern New Mexico have that same oh woe is me attitude right. of other certain parts of our society at this point when they really don't deserve to have said attitude. Right. Uh, my resources for this this week um, are the um, American Battlefield Trust okay. has a very nice article on um, the Gloria at a Pass battle, and I you know they're. It's a short and sweet summary, if you. But they have maps, like battle maps, if you're interested in it. And, so if you're the battle geek, go to their website. They will give you all of the information. They won't give you all of the. It, it, it's literally a, a one and a half paragraph summary. On oh, okay. They will give you all they, of the maps, but they, you have they to will go give to like you all Wikipedia of the maps and then the rest, and then pictures of the major players, and then fun charts. Ooh, okay, wait, let me see the charts. Let me see the charts. <laughs> I like that. Uh-huh. Um, so it was a fairly even battle as far as number of soldiers, but the Confederacy's ass got whooped. Yes. Yes, it did. Like, but, not quite two to one, but almost two to one. Just right. based yeah. on my brief summation of the pie chart. It's a pretty pie chart. I like a good pie chart. And I like that they have the Confederates in red. And the Union in, in blue. blue. I mean, it does feel rather representative of things. So, keep in mind, there were a total of 1,300 Union soldiers, mm-hmm. or, or those that sympathized with the Union, and 1,340 Confederate soldiers. So, slightly outnumbered. Right. Um, and the casualties, there are 147 Union casualties. And 222 Confederate casualties. Okay, so um, the Battle at Glorietta Pass is considered one of the most decisive battles of the Civil War. And it's not one that we hear about at all. At all. Not like Vicksburg, not like Gettysburg, not like but, okay, all Harper's of, Ferry, you know. All of the battles that we hear about are basically... In the East. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where everyone is like, oh, no, this is where it happened, while completely forgetting the fact that the Midwest and large parts of the West actually had a huge part to play. Well, and if you remember back to our Camel Corps series, there was this big push by the Confederacy to take over the uh, South, the the Southwest. Yeah. And, like, all the territory, all Uh the way to California. Right. I mean, they just kind of wanted all of the West for slavery, but, you know. But in this battle, some people call it the Gettysburg of the West, which is a little bit of a misnomer. I mean, Gettysburg didn't end well. Like, yeah, the Union won, but it did not end well. It was not that decisive. It was devastating for both sides. It was pretty devastating. Gettysburg, and, and, you know, we're not doing history of Pennsylvania, but um, Gettysburg is very interesting, and if you ever get a chance to go to the battlefield, I highly recommend it. I refuse, but that's because of certain energies and whatnot that I just don't want to expose myself to. If you're an empath or are open, um, how do I want to put this? Energies. uh, uh, Energies or or phantoms or whatever Mm -hmm. from other... Well, Gettysburg can be highly overwhelming. I am one of those, and so I protect myself against that, and I know that's creepy, but... No, no, there are totally ways to do that, but I was not prepared. I was just at um, a local living history farm 
the other day and walking around the farm itself was not bad but as you walk out to this tower where a lot of battles and skirmishes happened right like the feeling it's like a crushing weight on your chest and i could only go so far and then i'm like okay no we're done we're done um so i i had to protect myself when i went to gettysburg never i and i go up i drive through this battlefield at least once a month yeah sometimes more than that um my energy is weird, but it's not the, what I pick up is, is weird, but it's not the creepiness that I got at Gettysburg. Right. And more people died in Gettysburg than participated in this. Yeah. But that being said, it was decisive because it stopped the Confederates' movement. Right. It, it stopped Sorry. their northward march and kind of got them with their tails tucked going back home to Texas. Yeah. In a roundabout way. Yes, it did. So on March 26th, a bunch of, um, there was a skirmish between advanced elements of both sides. Um, there was, they were at a, the Confederates were at a, at a stream filling their water and, and resting. The Union was upstream. They're doing the same thing. They decided, hey, let's do this. So yeah. on March 26th, there was a skirmish. Pissing um, contest? Yeah, pretty much pissing content. But the Confederates were able to push the Union soldiers back. Ooh. Okay, and the Confederates were heading towards Fort Union. And if you remember, we talked about Fort Union and um, the um, promiscuous, shall we say, chaplain's daughter, who was... Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was about 10 years after that. So, um, so they were driven back on the 26th. The 27th, everybody kind of... Was like regrouping, getting more people because they were like gearing up for this huge battle. Right. And the um, the commanders during this campaign were Confederate Brigadier General Henry Hopkins Sibley. I've seen Sibley on buildings and on roads. Yeah, which right. is weird. Um, and the Union Colonel Edward Canby. Um. So in, in February, Sibley had attempted to capture Fort Craig, and he outmaneuvered Canby at the Battle of Valverde, which we talked about again mm -hmm. in the Camel Corps, um, and they drove him back to Fort Union. So they, these guys have been in a pissing match for a while. And so, um, anyhow, they have... I'm sorry. So... <laughs> We have allergies, y'all. Bear with us. But Sibley um, thought he was a bigger man because he was Brigadier General. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And Canby was just a colonel. Anyhow, so there were these little skirmishes that kept going on. Mm -hmm. And at the 26th, the men got on the 26th, the men got into this. The 27th, they regrouped, sent it for reinforcement. Okay. Um, the Union side dug rifle trenches. That's uh, on that day, right. And they were waiting for the Colorado regiments to come in and for reinforcements from the New Mexico Union sympathizers. And so on the 28th, which was the next day, um, they struck at dawn. The Union went to the Confederacy, but the Confederacy had the high ground mm -hmm. and eventually started just picking people off like, yeah, 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 fish in a barrel. Mm -hmm. And um, so what happened... That everybody got scattered, and mm. w there wasn't 
really a united fight. So there's lots of hand-to-hand -hand combat in these little batches. Um, they went, there was a, a fight in Glorietta Pass at a place called Pigeon's Ranch. Does that sound familiar to you? Mm -hmm. Or quite a bit. Quite a bit, you know. yeah. Um, there, there's a quite a bit. There's a road called Pigeon's Ranch off of Glorietta Pass um, that if you go up, it's private land, so you have to be invited up, but there's some beautiful, gorgeous views from up there. Um, it is New Mexico. Yeah, it's really pretty. Again, private land, do not trespass. No, um, don't go up there. And like, it's funny because it, it's kind of under the Pecos National Forest, but there's these little pockets in the forest that are private land. Yeah, no, if you go up, really if you're anywhere in New Mexico, but especially if you're in Pecos National Forest or Santa Fe National Forest, there are these bizarre pockets of land scattered throughout all of it that are private land. Um, and I would just say if you are someone who hikes or backpacks or hunts or anything, just be aware of the private land that's up there because they can and will shoot you. Yeah, they will. I mean, there's a reason people live that far out. reason I want to live that far out. And it's funny, yeah, one side of Pigeon's Ranch... Um, road is private. The other side is public. It's clearly marked. You will know. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 obvious. Um, but also, if you start going up that road, you will have to back down. There's not a, a place to like do a UE. So, um, good luck if you decide to try and you are not invited. Right, exactly. Um, anyhow, so there's this that bunch of skirmishes on Pigeon Ranch Road that. Confederacy moved the Union back, uh, back and forth. And while they were, um, um, how did it, it, um, so while they were attacking each other, the, it appeared that the Confederacy was winning because they were pushing the Union soldiers back and there, um, there were more casualties mm -hmm. at the beginning of the Union side. Um, and so there, you know, they kept going back and forth. There was this um, go back and forth, and I can get into the details, but I'm not going to. Um, like, you know, they I mean, we're get, not a Civil War reenactment podcast. No, and, and you know, one, the Union's gained a half mile, the Confederacy gained a mile. Bad podcaster, timer's going off. I'm so sorry. Making, we're making uh, peach art. I know, I'm like, I don't want to call it a pie. But it's fresh peaches. We live in the Rocky Mountain West, which means we have the best peaches on the planet. Prove me wrong. I'm not going to prove you wrong. The peaches in the Rocky Mountains are really good. They really are the best on the planet. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I'm going to go that far. They're delicious. People come from all over to have Rocky Mountain peaches. Okay. So, yes, they I'm, are I'm, the best ever. The South can suck it. I'm making a peach tart. And with bourbon. With bourbon and ginger. It's going to be delicious. It's I'm good. sorry you all cannot enjoy this with us because, oh my God, it's going to be amazing. So, anyhow. So, you know, they were going back and forth. There were skirmishes. People were getting mixed up. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so the so, general chaos of the battlefield was happening. Right. Along with the general chaos of being in the mountains. Uh-huh. And, yeah. you know, mountains in March. I didn't yeah. get a weather report. No, but, but I know it is the mountains. It's entirely possible that it was snowing during the. I just I know the mountains in March, and I know what is I know what's going to still be on the ground. 
not to mention what might be happening weather-wise at that time. Um, Y'all, it was gross and muddy and bloody and gross. Nasty. And gross. Nasty. But, okay. So, they, um, so it appeared the Union started to retreat. And the Confederacy was saying, oh, we won, we won. Do, do a we little happy this. dance. Boop, yeah. Boop, boop. And then they got super overconfident. Nope. That's no? not what happened. Oh. So. It's usually um, the story. So, uh, there's this dude named Lieutenant Colonel Manuel Chavez of the 2nd New Mexican Infantry. Um, and he was also the commander of the New Mexico Volunteers. Oh, so, okay. the, you know, the dudes who volunteered with the, um, with the, the Union. Right. So, he heard all of this and he t- observed that there was a supply train going to... Um, Johnson's Ranch, which was the Confederates' unofficial official headquarters. headquarters. And so he ran, he had somebody run and tell Major Shivington, who was for the Union, yep. that and his scouts, hey, dude, we found the supply chain. So Shivington sent um, some sharpshooters, some people down to the slope, down to Johnson's Ranch. And they looted and burned 80 supply wagons and oh, oh. spiked the cannons. They made the cannons inoperable. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, and then set, uh, they either killed or drove off about 500 horses and mules. So they effectively killed the supply train. Which is essentially how the Union won in the long run. I mean, they killed the supply train yeah. of... Of the South, right? Like, that is how they won. That is how the that is how the Confederate War was won, y'all. And that that's basically that's why the whole thing of don't do don't go to war in Russia in the winter. It has more to do with supply chain, chain than yeah. anything else, right? And you know, um, the Northern sympathizers now, Northern New Mexico. I'm I'm driving to Denver, which is deep in in Colorado, deep you super know, north, north, like not. It's like an hour and a half from Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, Yeah. three quarters. Um, And that's going to take me about five hours to drive to Denver. So northern New Mexico has a lot more in common with Colorado than either state wants to admit. admit. But, um, yeah, there were lots of... We had supply chains in Colorado for the Union side. And the Southern, the, the Confederacy, had this one. Right. And their whole goal was battling this was to take over Fort Union. Hmm. And if they had done that, they might have succeeded, at least in a little while, mm-hmm. of having control of the New Mexico and Arizona territories. Right. But what ended up happening is with supply train completely, um, what do you call it? Dismantled? Dismantled, thank you. Mm-hmm. You okay? I'm trying not to sneeze into my microphone. Got a little wiggly up in your nostrils? If you mean wiggly to mean pollen, yes. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. This Paloma is going straight to my head. <laughs> it's super tasty, though. It's very tasty. I'm sounding a little drunk, y'all. That's it's because she it is. is. Um, well, then we did pregame a little bit with the gin from, I don't know, one, two times ago. Yeah. Um, I made, I think, rather tasty. It very good. Um, G&T using that gin, which goes down real smooth. 
for the beach because we do not do a beach day without booze hall. It's just, it, well, I'm I think the there's a designated rule. driver, so you were the designated I just driver, right? I always just have like four ounces of whatever. Right, but also we weren't able to even get that far in because our beach day turned into a beach hour, and then and we drank cool. them when we got home. Yeah, I was chilly. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I was, I was trying to enjoy. Myself. <laughs> I, I was just, I kept seeing lightning and pictured us frying to death. Anyhow, so so what at first appeared to be a confederacy when... What, routing of the Union troops. Yes, um, turned into a massive loss, and that's how we won the West. Woo! Woo! So, in um, 1961, like the placard said, it was designated a national historic place. Right. Which was cool, and... There are placards and there's battlefield um, preservation. I want to show you this picture. What does that picture look like? Does that picture look at all familiar? God. Yeah. That, yes. I know exactly where that picture is, and we're not going to publish that picture. Sorry, y'all. But if you start scrolling through, you'll see the road to our friend's house. Yes. yes. Um, and the giant gate that is no trespassing. So yeah, no. I mean, it's really obvious, and I know I know at least some of the people on the other side of that gate, and they're they're heavily armed. So just don't. Just don't. If you value your life, don't do it. So um, anyhow, in 1993, um, it, it was added to the report on the nation's civil war registry, which I think is cool, yeah. um, because not a lot of places out west. No, Get that uh, distinction. No, I mean, a, a lot of history, like we mentioned earlier, a lot of history surrounding the Civil War is focused only on East Coast or slightly further in, um, but not too much to the West, even though both camps, so to speak, mm-hmm. were focusing a lot of their energy on who was going to get the rest of the continent. So um, this is important because it leads to the ghost story, I promised y'all. Yes. Okay. On August 5th, 1990, Major Sharp Shire's remains. He was one of the majors involved um, in Confederate. At, they were identified and reburied next to his parents in the family cemetery in Bourbon County, Kentucky. Okay. There were 31 remains total that were found, and only one of them was identified. Mm-hmm. The other 30 are buried um, at the Na- Santa Fe National, National Cemetery. Yes. Which I think is pretty. Yeah, which isn't that far. Um, the the half marathon that I was supposed to run and got canceled before was only a mild crushing blow. Um, last year, you know, COVID kind of fucked us all. But that, like, that's where it starts. Right. So I mean, it's like it's right here. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty. So my friend Lynn lives up the road, literally up the hill from um, from the um, Pigeons Farm, or Pigeons Ranch um, battle site. Let's just say that she lives close enough that there's a 99% probability that there was extended fighting on the property she She now lives on, right. Um, And she is is an accountant. She is very level-headed. She is very She's also an open and... She's an open and sensitive person, but she's not too into the woo-woo stuff. No, no, she's not. Um, but she's very logic, science, proven facts based. Right. And her father-in-law, even more so. Oh, yeah. And um, her father-in-law um, belongs to a room where saying that there are ghosts 
good. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. So right after they moved into their house, her father-in-law came and stayed with them and he was staying in their guest room and he got up to go to the bathroom and to go to the bathroom from the guest room, he had to pass by the living room. Mm -hmm. And um, he said he got up and he looked over and he saw um, four women dressed in Civil War garb. And they were just, they were nonplussed by seeing him. He, they didn't seem malevolent. Malevolent. One was going straight to my head. Oh, no, I just love that word. It's a good word. It's an awesome word. Malevolent. Um, but, um, and they pretty much just ignored him and went about their business. Um, there was also a man there that was dressed in Civil War garb who looked like he was just overseeing everything. Um, and... He wasn't afraid or scared, but he told the story. And Lynn has said, yep, seen him too. And I have gotten a weird energy before, but I've never spent the night there. I'm, I don't go, because the road to get to her house is, I'm glad I have a Jeep to take up there. I mean, my Mazda does just fine, but I have a CX-5. Yes, and you can go up there in the snow. Like, they keep inviting oh, us up for winter meals, and I'm like, like Christmas or Thanksgiving or yeah, and New it's like, Year's. Can we get a Jeep Wrangler first, please, please and thank you? Please and thank you. Like with really, really big wheels and a winch. Yeah, her husband has a Jeep with a winch on it. Yeah, for kind of, good reasons. And I'm I'm pretty pretty sure that he got the the Jeep Wrangler after, with the winch, huh? After they moved there. Oh no no this he bought it he's bought this in the last year and a half. Yeah. Um. Or two years now. Just so, with the hopes of people getting stuck on the road so he can go and play with it. Right. And he's that kind of guy. I, I, I love him I love dearly. him so much. But, but yes. Yeah, he's totally, I yes. enjoy I can play with it. I get to save the day. Yes. yes. I can so see that. But I. I would I, rather just have my own Jeep with my own winch. But I, that's me. I can totally see because it was uphill from the battleground. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, we're not talking, I mean, okay, based on the steepness of the road and just the general topography of the area, it would probably be seen as a safe but close space, right. but that also could have very easily been part of the battle. Right. Um, now, Lynn does not know if they are a Confederate or, yeah. or a Union. Doesn't really care. They don't really bother. It might not bother her because she has six Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Right. They are slightly terrifying. And I don't care if you are on this plane of existence or another her, one. They get protected. Her father-in-law, this is before they had Rhodesian Ridgebacks. This is when they had Greyhounds. Oh, yeah. And Greyhounds aren't necessarily fierce-looking dogs. They're not as yeah insane I mean, I'm just going to call it what it is. Insane. Yeah. They're not nearly as insane. They were not bred to face off with lions. No. They were but, bred to chase after bunny rabbits. Yeah. But but still, I, you know, I and I have in my life witnessed, you know, just very neutral ghosts. And y'all can think I'm crazy. That's fine. Um, and, you know, it is possible that these women, as part of the camp followers, when we get back to sex work in the... Well, our, our Women of the West. Our Women of the West. Overarching series that will be cropping up here and then right. um, from now until forever. 
Right. Because, you know, build the way. But um, no, the camp followers were were real women who not only were, they weren't necessarily sex workers. They were there to do like laundry and cooking and right. nursing. And so um, Lynn definitely thinks that that's what these men are and that they're just there and not quite sure they're still tending to this soul because it always looks like they're tending to somebody that she that they can't see. So, you know, that they're just taking care of. My thought would, yeah, just let them be because we don't know what they're tending to, what they're tending to be malevolent, doing what yeah. they're doing. And, and, and she's like, and I'm pretty sure after hearing this story, mm-hmm. um, when our dog stayed with them for Libby's wedding, it's the longest we've gone without mentioning Libby. It really is. <laughs> um, so she's our she's our third. But I I have seen Dolly just stare at something and bark. Oh yeah. So there was a little melee with some of the dogs when they were staying there for the wedding, um, and I I would not be surprised if Dolly saw or sent something and tried to sound the alarm. The other dogs were just like, dude, "Yeah, you're insane, dude. You're insane, or dude." They're always here, so just chill. Right. But, um, so there you go. So that's our little ghost story and a little bit of history. Did you learn something today? I did. There you go. So we will talk to you. you. Manana. Manana.